My name is Scott Chaloner and this is the Leaders Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on what is a very blustery but still quite sunny winter morning here in the capital and I'm delighted to say that joining me on the show to hopefully add a little bit more brightness to affairs today is Audred Drummond. Audred is the owner of the Cadland Estate situated in the New Forest National Park. Um, He's also the chief executive of Forley Waterside Limited and director of Long Harbour. Uh, Audred, very warm welcome to yourself this morning and thank you so much for joining us on the show. Good morning, Scott. Pleasure to be here. Likewise, real pleasure welcoming you alongside us today. Um, now, um, Audrey, you've been uh, working in the construction sector for quite some years now. Um, I think um, you sort of started in the industry in the, uh, the late 1990s and now you're sort of running three businesses. So uh, plenty of experience there, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I started in 1999, uh, mostly in London and moved up to run a couple of projects in Northamptonshire and um, now sort of back between London, Northamptonshire, and Hampshire. So, um, yeah, fairly varied experience, I would say. Mm. And quite well known, I suppose, in the the Corby area, because I believe you played a major role in the regeneration of uh, that town back in the 90s as well. Yeah, the business I was working for was um, bought land from British Steel and was the first major urban extension to Corby, which had been a new town and required a great deal of regeneration. And this was part of the Milton Milton Keynes South Midlands growth area. And we Mm. built, or we started building um, infrastructure and services for a new urban extension known as Prize Hall that will end up being about 5,000 houses and a um, commercial um, area, which was actually sold in a joint venture to Pro Lodges, which mm. uh, which a new business is now building three and a half million square feet of distribution space. And that was sort of how I cut my teeth in Northamptonshire. Mm, fantastic. And sort of having talked about the past, I suppose it's only right that we talk about what's going on right now. Um, the last couple of years have been an immense challenge for so, so many industries with uh, the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, of course. Um, for your businesses then, Audred, um, what are some of the operational challenges that have come about as a result of this? Well, there have been, been a number. I mean, the business itself, um, we've managed to, to you know, continue uh, to operate and, and expand the business, but, but it has been challenging. Of that, there is no doubt. Um, I think probably looking back at the greatest challenge we've faced is just lack of face-to-face meetings. Um, a lot of what I do is really does depend on face-to-face meetings. You know, we're, we're running a major planning application near Southampton for 4 million square feet of Newtown. And luckily, we started that process in 2016. So all, most of the principles of the planning application and, and resolution to grants, we, we got resolution to grants in July 2020, were done pre-pandemic. Um, but we've been agreeing with Section 106, which is the legal agreement to go with the town, since then, and it, it has definitely been strained by the lack of face-to-face meetings. And Zoom is to, or Teams is just not an appropriate mm. vehicle to, um, you know, to get many sort of intricate and detailed, and sometimes quite difficult details explained and agreed. So that's been difficult. Mm. Um, we're also always fundraising and um, for various different projects, but we are due to start fundraising for the Foley project. And that has been hampered by the lack of ability to travel. 
so you know slowed down on the planning process and slowed down on the fundraising process as a direct result of COVID. Quite apart from the sort of operation and human resources challenges that obviously every business has faced. Yeah, and going back to what you mentioned about sort of Zoom and Teams and having to keep in touch remotely, I suppose that's also a challenge from sort of a an operational point of view with your colleagues, isn't it? Because when you are sort of all spread out and you're not able to sort of interact and work together face to face, it warrants almost a change in leadership style, doesn't it? To sort of keep in touch with everybody and make sure that also mental health, well-being and morale are also all in the right place as well. Absolutely. And I think, strangely, we've probably met more because of the pandemic, i.e. we're very conscious that we do need to have regular team and company meetings. So we do schedule those, um, you know, regularly through the week so that we're all talking to each other, perhaps even more than you would do um, in the office. But it's formal. You know, you miss those sort of incidental discussions and ideas and, and sort of Know, camaraderie that you get from the office. But I, I think we've managed to manage that reasonably well. I wouldn't say we've done it perfectly by any means, but reasonably well. Um, the, the more di- disruptive element has, has really been dealing with, you know, the planning departments and, and, and the public sector, which I, I think have struggled perhaps more mm. than the private sector. Perhaps they weren't exhausted as well in terms of IT beforehand. Um, and I, you know, I hate to point fingers, but there is there is often a difference in, in, in work ethic. Some officers work extremely hard, um, no doubt, and probably have been working harder, arguably. But some of them have looked like they've been carrying some of their colleagues who haven't been working as hard. Um, and I think you'd find, if you ask people honestly, sector, they that you know that there's been a, a certain degree of people using this as a bit of an excuse to not work a full eight or 10 hour day. And that means that other people have been working far harder than they perhaps should have been because they've been shouldering that, you know, that responsibility. Mm. Yeah, certainly understand where you're coming from, from that perspective. And sort of within your businesses, um, has um, sort of working remotely affected productivity adversely in any way? Or have you sort of been able to keep things ticking over quite well in that respect? I think we, because we're in this particular part of our business where the principles of, I'm talking specifically about my bit of Long Harbour, but which includes the, the Fawley Waterside, um, because we are, you know, we've got these big Newtown projects that, are, that effectively the principles have already been established. We are able to keep the momentum going. I think it would have been disastrous if we'd been planning these um, new towns through the pandemic, it would just been, have been impossible because you just need a considerable amount of that face-to-face time, not only with your own team, but your consultants, your architects, and with the local authorities. It would have just, it would have been very difficult. I mean, it'd be interesting. I haven't actually asked anybody who's been in the midst of that themselves, but if you are to get that opportunity, I think it'd be very interesting to see how people who are planning new projects um, and also taking on new staff members. We, we, we've got, you know, we've long half has been established for 10 years. Yes, we do have new staff coming on, but it's a reasonably established business. Um, and therefore, you know, a sufficient number of relationships are already formed and well-formed pre-pandemic. And so that glue has always been there. But a, a new business starting up uh, with new ideas and new projects, I think, would have suffered suffered far more. Mm. 
Absolutely right. It's practical, isn't it, to sort of have everybody working together face to face within your industry as well. But you've talked about sort of the camaraderie and those, I think they call them water cooler moments over in the Americas, don't they? Um, That drive innovation forward. It's so, so vital, isn't it? Yeah, I haven't heard that expression before, but it's a good one. <laughs> yes, it is fantastic. And um, it's um, it just goes to show, doesn't it, that when we talk about what this new normal might bring in the post-COVID world and what the workplace of the future is going to look like, for all of the talk of flexible working and being able to work from home, I think there is always going to be a place for the office environment, isn't there, just because of what it brings, not just socially, but also um, in terms of productivity as well. I think so. And I think we've got to learn to work hard at that. You know, it was the normal. And we've got to sort of, you know, it is, for a lot of us, it's become quite comfortable to work from home. You know, the lack of the commute, you know, you say productivity, where you could sort of say, well, in some ways, one's more productive because you don't have a commute. You've got these um, very structured meetings. Um, but you lose, you know, it's, it's all the stuff that you that is less obvious that you lose, and that that camaraderie, sort of working together, ideas generation, etc., is just not the same. And so I think you know managers have got to be very disciplined about how that how they get their staff back into the office for a sufficient period of time. I'm not necessarily saying you need to get back five days a week, and staff have got to respect that. And if they don't respect that, then I think they need to think of something else to do because you know these business these particular businesses that i um manage you know do require that face time and i mean we haven't had any case of people going well i'm just not prepared to do that so it's not something i can i can talk about but um you know i think it's it's both both sides of the street need really to come together and work out what is the most efficient way to work Mm. i think you know a degree of home working particularly if you've got staff that obviously do well at it is probably to be applauded a more flexible type atmosphere but it has to be countered with sufficient time where you know you are all in the office together um, and I think we're all kind of working out how to do that I don't think anybody's got a, got a rule book that works yet yeah, and I suppose one of the advantages of the office as well is that it does sort of draw a clearer boundary when you're going into work between work life and home life on the well-being side of things. Whereas when you are working from home and perhaps you don't have that morning commute every single day, um, I suppose you're probably online working maybe slightly earlier than you normally would be. But that can have sort of its um, its pitfalls as well because you're more likely to be sort of checking your emails either really early in the morning or late at night and it sort of blurs the boundary between work and home life, doesn't it? So from a very well-being perspective, I suppose there are advantages to sort of having that office place to go into um, as well. Yeah, I think that's 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 a clear um, issue. You know, we, we do need to... Um, to manage that, and I think you know, perhaps the higher up your organisation, the more difficult it is to do. You know, one, I, mm. I think you know, technology rather than COVID it probably has enabled people to be online, not quite twenty four seven, but virtually. And 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 there is an expectation um, that you will receive an answer or you will give an answer. Um, and I think that that has to be managed as well. I mean, I find. You know, just having come through the Christmas period, I adore Christmas because it's the one time of the year when nobody really expects an answer to anything. Mm. You know, you've got roughly two weeks where, you know, you really can focus on family and other things. And 
you know, very, very much reduced work. I don't, I don't think the same is necessarily true for the summer holidays where, mm. you know, you might be off, but all your colleagues are kind of off at different times. There is still an expectation to, to keep working. So, yeah, we do. Technology has been a great boon, but I think we, again, as a manager, one just needs to be disciplined about explaining to people that, they, you know, they do need to switch off. And they do need time to their own. It's very, very hard to manage that. Mm. It is, absolutely. And um, if we reflect on sort of the last two years, by and large, ordered now as well, um, would you say there are any sort of major positive lessons that you've maybe learned from this experience of crisis management, if we call it that, that you will be taking forward into the future? I would say so. I, I, you know, I think this the regular, I wouldn't quite call it crisis management, but the, the regular check-in with the whole team um, when, it, you know, biotechnology has its place as well as the office. So I think there are elements that we have benefited from by, by digitalizing effectively. You know, we've reduced waste in terms of travel time and Etc. So there is an efficiency gain, no doubt, if it's managed correctly. I suppose you know we we are taking things like mental health perhaps more seriously or more obviously than we were. You know there there is a you know there is a mental health and well-being committee in the business, and and that is definitely given more resource and and concentration than perhaps it was beforehand. So. Yeah, I think I think everybody's learned a bit about themselves and about their businesses, and um, you know we're very adaptable people, humankind, and you know we'll 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 make the best of it. But I, I have we haven't necessarily seen it as a as a total crisis. Mm. Um, you know the business is still operating in a good way. Um, it, it, it certain things have definitely slowed down. Um, but I know it sounds odd, but it's almost too early to tell what the impact mm. has been as yet. Now, I understand where you're coming from from that perspective as well, because there are still a great many sort of variables in all of this. And again, we're not really sort of seeing the real and thorough after effect because we're sort of still not, not quite in the no. thick of it. No, but um, we're, we're still sort of in the midst, aren't we, I guess? Yeah. And um, I suppose if you know, know. you're in a business that has been directly dealing with covid then of course you would be very experienced in crisis management but you know that hasn't been our our case i mean we you know we have a big management businesses that manage a lot of a lot of uh, let property but again that you know hasn't i wouldn't say it's i don't think i could ever use the word crisis challenges different challenges but not crisis hmm. Certainly understand where you're coming from from that perspective, Aldred. And um, thinking now about the uh, the future, now that hopefully we're coming out of the sort of acute phase of uh, COVID, um, what are some of the priorities going to be for your businesses over this uh, new year, 2022? And what is it that you're really hoping to achieve over this next 12 months, just before we wrap things up? Well, as, as, I, as I alluded to, um, the Forley Waterside Project, which is a new town on the south coast near Southampton, um, we are in the process of beginning a, a fun money raise. Um, so that's a, a key priority for us to resolve the Section 106. We're also part of um, the Solent Freeport, which is an exciting um, new adventure for the business in terms of attracting commercial occupiers to the site. Um, I think that's going to be uh, extremely interesting and untested, so we'll have to see how that plays out, but it certainly could be a very, very big boost 
Um, for the commercial side of the business, we've got 2 million square feet of commercial to lease up. Um, and I think just, you know, on the, on the, going back to the sort of human resources front, just making sure that, that the, the system keeps working. I mean, the, the, the planning system in the UK, if you talk to anybody that's involved in it, mm. is probably experiencing some of its greatest challenges, certainly that I've experienced in 20 years. And that's, that is really been, you know, COVID driven people taking resources off councils, taking resources off to deal with other things, people leaving the industry, um, you know, some officers, unfortunately not working as hard as perhaps they would have done, etc. So I think some of the managers in that side and the public sector have had some real challenges that we in the private sector haven't had to the same extent. So I, I don't want to sound critical. It's just a, a point of fact. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And um, there are some very different sorts of challenges being seen all across the uh, the industry. And it's going to be an interesting time just to see how sort of the planning side of things does uh, sort of deal with the issues that it's facing at the moment. And it'll be fascinating as well just to see the outcome of some of these uh, the, these big projects that you're involved in. And I actually think, Audrey, just given how enlightening it's been welcoming you onto today's programme, I'd actually relish the opportunity to sort of catch up on how those projects are getting on, maybe a little later down the line and just see how things yeah, are going along. I'd love along. to talk about them. I mean, it's going to be interesting, Scott, to see how mm. you know, this is, Fawley in particular, is a big, big new town project on the south coast. You know, in, in, in many ways, it sounds, it sounds crass to say it, but it might almost be a benefit of the um, of the new normal, in that people are seeking to work from home more, they're seeking a better quality of life, they're seeking more space, um, and you can see the patterns and the trends of people moving from metropolitan areas um, slightly further out because mm. you know, digitalisation is enabling them to do that, all of the things we just discussed. So it is going to be fascinating to see how that pans out across a number of our our um, businesses and our, and our projects. I mean, I, I, you know, I was talking to the manager of a restaurant that I go to in London. He's just bought a house on on one of our, you know, from a from a house builder, but one of our projects in Northamptonshire. And he talking to him, it was a direct uh, result of COVID. You know, he was mm. living in a three bedroom, fairly small three bedroom flat in North London, uh, and now he's bought a house in Kettering. It's only an hour up the road on the train, his children are, you know, enjoying sports, want more outside space, he's got a garden, he's got three bedrooms, but in a semi-detached house, you know, you know it's, it's, it, he's, he's really excited by the, um, by the move, and, um, and he's, he's a restaurateur, so he needs to be in the, um, he's not working from home, but he's just, he's made the, made the decision that he needs that additional space. Um, so we'll we'll see. Exactly right. It's going to be hugely fascinating just to see how it all pans out over the next few months and indeed years. And uh, thank you once again, Audrey, for your time today. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Oh, Scott, and, I've enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. Likewise as well. And do, of course, by all means, take care and stay safe with all that's still going on as well. Will do, and yourself. It was a pleasure okay. welcoming Audrey Thanks. Drummond onto today's programme. And to all of our regular listeners tuning in today, I do hope that you all thoroughly enjoyed the interview. And um, if you do feel that having listened to this, that you might have your own story of success and of innovation to share with us here at the Leaders Council, then we want to hear from you as well. So by all means, why not apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply, because we would love to hear from you. 
Until next time to all of the regular listeners, take care now and goodbye.